dive into the mind of Brett Boone as we turn to the baseball legend to find out what's happening in his life and around Major League Baseball. This is Turning Two with Booney. Here's your host, Rich Herrera. Welcome, everybody. It's the end of the week, which means it's time for Turning Two with Booney. I'm Rich Herrera, the executive producer of the Boone Podcast. Another great week of podcasting in the books. And we wind it up on Fridays talking with the aforementioned Brett Boone. Booney, back from Mexico. Tan, rested and ready for this show? I am ready. I forgot I was in Mexico. Time flies, Rich. Although, you know... The fact that you say that, I just it just reminds me, I got a doctor's appointment today. And why do I have a doctor's appointment? Because you caught something in Mexico. Because that freaking ear. I, I dive into the pool in Mexico. You know, everybody, we all have our we all have our, our, our moments where we get water in our ear and we're jumping on one foot. And it, it always comes out eventually. You know, it might take a minute or two, but you always get it out. So I get this water in my ear. And I'm going crazy, and I can't get it out. Finally, I do. I shake it like we do. I'm sitting at the pool. We go home. I take a nap that afternoon. I wake up. It's like I'm at 50,000 feet. I can't clear my ear. Well, here I sit eight days later. I still can't clear my ear. I'm going to the doctor today. So, yes. Somber reminder of Mexico. But other than that, we had a good time there. Well, I was thinking maybe you got Montezuma's Revenge. I don't. I don't follow. You've never heard of Montezuma's Revenge? Yeah, it's a it's a ride at a Great Adventure in New Jersey. <laughs> it's that, but it's also if you go down and you drink the water, there's times where you could get sick. Oh well, I think that's an old that. I think that was true at one point. I think they got Probably. that under under wraps now. Well, I'm glad that you got back from Mexico. Had a good time, although I was disappointed. Um, part of the thing about this podcast on Fridays is for you to come up with, for us to be able to see things that go on in Boone's life. And I thought for sure we would come up with something that would be entertaining for the podcast. Did one of the girls uh, fall down? Did the boys lose their passport? You went with your entire family, and I've got no great stories. No, it was mundane. Dare I call it mundane. Yeah, I'm a little Uh, disappointed, and so are the listeners of the Boone podcast. It was fun. Uh, No, no passport drama, no airport drama. We got all that handled. Uh, Smooth sailing. Let's see. The the kids did have a party one night. It got a little, you know, what you'd expect from 19, 20, 20 year one-year-olds. But nothing really to write home about. It was nothing nothing, uh, to chronicle, put it that way. No, smooth sailing, good trip. No shopping excursions, no anything? No, no. It was pretty good. It's pretty good. You it's always stayed home to a, do that, Boone. It's you always live in San fun. Diego. You live near the well, beach. Listen, you, you, don't, you, you do not have to convince me, Herrera. I, I mean, I say that all the time. You know, I, they get so excited when we go to Punta Mita. And I just think to myself, how crazy is this? We live in San Diego. It's, it's perfect weather. People come to san diego to vacation yet we leave perfect weather to go to hotter weather right i don't know weather muggier weather so for me you know at this stage of my life it's when i go on vacation if i look to to the family and they enjoy it and more importantly they appreciate it then i had a good vacation and for me, it's time to relax a little bit. I go to the pool. I come home. I take a nap. I catch up catch up on some Netflix. 
uh, that's a good vacation for me. I don't need to be out there scuba diving and, and jumping, you know, and paragliding. No, just give me little pool time, uh, a, a virgin pina colada. Right. And a nap. A couple ball games. Yes, I, had an unbe- I had an unbelievable vacation. And I don't need to be out there doing adventurous stuff. And, and so I could come home and tell everybody how adventurous I am. Because I'm really not, not that adventurous. So you're not an Instagram model? No, I'm not. <laughs> By the way, uh, how fat did you get on vacation? Because that's the one thing that we've learned over the last couple of years of the Boone Podcast. Uh, when you no, go no, out of town, bad. you... Not bad. Yeah, right. what'd you do? I, not bad. A lot of carbs I had, but uh, I, I didn't overindulge. And I remember leaving and I told Chris, I said, you know what? I didn't really extend myself this trip. I did okay. Now... I didn't stick to my diet, but but normally, Rich, at my last vacation, you know how it was. You, you came back. I overextended. I was I was four I was four thousand calories every breakfast. This one, I I, I was normal. I a normal go on vacation, uh, go outside your dietary norms a little bit, but definitely didn't abuse didn't abuse the system. I, I was ready for you to call me and say, "Hey, can I borrow some of your clothes?" That'll never happen in a billion years. I will never be a true. You, you like to tease me about being, you know, oh, you're a fat ass. Let's be honest. I'll never be a fat ass ever. And and I talked to my dad about this. When my dad was playing. Right. And I'm a kid. And he played till he was 42. He was really into the kung fu plyometrics. This is when uh, when training in major league baseball was, was not in vogue. It was kind of cutting edge stuff. It was still out there, whether do you train, do you not train? And dad was one of those guys always working out, always working out. And he retired and it seemed like he just threw his workout regime regime out the door. And I looked at him one day. I said, what are you just going to, just cause you're done playing now. You just don't, you you don't keep up. You know, you don't want to stay in shape. He goes, he looked at me and he goes, you'll see one day, you know, and at this point I'm a workout guru. I'm in the middle of my career and that's all I ever did. And I said, dad, I will never, ever let myself go like you. And he just kind of looked at me and laughed and said, you'll see one day. Well, now I'm 54. I will never be a fat ass. And actually my dad ain't a fat ass. No, we I was going to say. You got Rich Herrera, the, the, the executive producer of the podcast, going from a triple X to a double X. Expect you to be an XL by, uh, by say, uh, mid-fall. I expect you to. I made a bet with my you son. You got a lot of work. You got a lot of work to do. I made a bet with my son that I'm going to drop. He's going off to sea. Yeah. I, met, I, met him, I made him a bet that I'm going to drop 25 pounds while he's out to sea. That'd be pretty good. Yeah. So I'm going to work on that. Yeah. That's that's tough to do. It's discipline. It's discipline. All right. What else Um, you got for me? I got a couple things for you. Oh, let me start off by something. I've I've just got to, I got to bring something up to the listeners because they have a part in this podcast, right? We got a bunch of great guys to listen. We get lots of great uh, feedback from folks, but I I found something out that I want to share with people. So at the end of the podcast, Brett's supposed to do this. You don't do it all the time, Booney. But uh, I'm not, I'll point I'm not. after the podcast. Uh, please leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you get your podcast. And I found out something important about that just in the world of podcasts. So if you're podcast listeners and you listen to our podcast and a bunch of others, the reason why people ask you to leave a five-star review. Yeah, but, you know, isn't that telling you how you feel about the podcast? Leave whatever stars you want to leave. 
Okay, well, leave whatever. If somebody I'm... tells me, can you give me a great review? Did you do a shitty job? Oh, no, did... you did a good job? Then I'll give you a great review. You do a shitty job, you're going to get a shitty review. If you All like right. the podcast, leave 17 stars. How about that? Oh, I think we do a pretty good and if you job. Don't like, and if you don't like it, leave one star and then look at yourself in the mirror and think how weird you are that you just listened to a podcast that you left one star for. There. There you go. There's, so anyway, my, there's our public address announcement. There you go. So what I'm, what, I'm, what I'm saying is, if you like the podcast, leave us a review. How's that? Is that better? I like that. Fine. All right. If you like the podcast, leave us a review. What I found out is, uh, the more reviews you get, the better the algorithm is where you get your podcasts. So we've got tons of downloads of people listen to us every week, but they're not leaving a review. They're not leaving reviews. They're not leaving ratings. They're when like, me, that's rating, what I would do. I would not leave a review. Would you leave a rating? No, I would just move on and go. I can't wait till the next one. I've got this podcast. See, okay. That's to. why you're not helping me. Right. Right. But I, I understand what Rich is saying. And, and, this is turning two with Booney. Yes. Now Booney's asking you, I would like you to leave a review as <laughs> also. <laughs> but I understand. I understand what you're saying because I listen to a podcast every night. And uh, what do you listen not... to? Oh, it's this. It, it, it's it's not for public consumption. All right. So I listen to it every night. And the reason I listen you to, listen it, to the Aaron Boone podcast, just in case you're wondering. And I yell at the, the podcast on occasion. But the gentleman has a voice that puts me to sleep. So I listen to it kind of as a sleep remedy. I, I People used to tell me that, hey, listen, I listen, I, I listen to the postgame show so I can fall asleep to you. I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure it, I like that. Yeah. So I listen every night. I yell at it as I'm, as I'm going to bed. I, I yell at it because the guy seems to say the same thing every night. But his voice is hypnotic to me, and it, it makes me sleep really well. I never remember half the stuff he said. And I wake up every morning and I never leave a review. So I'm going to go leave a review for this class. That puts me leave to sleep a review, leave a rating. And what happens is it goes into the algorithm on Apple and Spotify and all the rest of these. And then it'll move us towards the top <laughs> of the list. All so right. more people can discover us. All right. All right. So please leave a rating. We, all right. I, I asked all right. Done with our Yeah. Done with our little. Do, do you listen to the podcast all night? And let it play or do you time it out or when it's over, it's over. It's over. No, I just I fall asleep and my phone's off. See, I listen to a book every night, and it's the same book every night. Really? And it's got this, like you, this hypnotic white yeah, noise. it is. And it drives it, right. the family crazy. Because they're like, right. can we listen to a new book? No, because I already know what's going to happen to this book, so I don't what have do to sit It drives the family crazy. What do you got? A, what do you got, a family bed? No, I've got my Bluetooth speaker next to the bed. Yeah, right, but you act like you have like seventeen people in the family, no. say, driving it, them crazy. No, I mean it me. drives your wife crazy. It drives my wife crazy. There maybe the two dogs. Right, I was gonna say, who's sleeping in your bed? Well, you but, are a, you are a double X, so there's not that much there's room. Not that much room. All right, yeah. now we'll move on. All right, all right, there we go. Um, big story of the week. Well, I think you were probably back in the states by then. Tim Anderson versus Jose Ramirez. Uh, yes. Big brawl at second base. What happened? Um. All right. Here's here's my first thing. I always think about uh, controversies, guys that get in fights. Well, let, White, let me somebody... set it for everybody in case you haven't seen it. Ramirez is going into second. Right. Um, Tim Anderson shortstop tags him. Ramirez has a problem with the way he was tagged. Right. They get up. They square off. 
Uh, Ramirez lands a shot, knocks him to the ground. Right. Bench is clear. Um, okay. There's always a backstory. Uh, I, I found that. And, and it, let's not jump to conclusions. We like to jump to conclusions and say, oh, he shouldn't have done that. He should have done that. You got to know the circumstance. You got to know the backstory. There's probably one that we're unaware of that uh, only Tim Anderson and only and only Ramirez know. First of all, both players, great players. Ramirez is he, he's become kind of a favorite of mine in Cleveland. He's kind of he's their franchise player. Timmy Anderson, great career. He's having a rough year this year, but great career so far. He's won a batting, he's won a batting, at least one batting title. He's been a really good player for a long time. Utmost respect for both players. Uh, I watch it. Ramirez slides in the second base. I looked at it, I didn't really see a problem with the tag. Now, I wasn't in the heat of the moment. I wasn't on the ground. I, I, I didn't feel the 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 uh, veracity. If That's probably not even a word. Of the tag. But obviously, Ramirez had a problem with it. Gets up, gets in his face. And then Anderson just seems to challenge him to a fight. Ramirez words. Timmy doesn't like what he's hearing. Completely understand that. But he just drops the he just drops the gloves and goes, let's go. He goes into his his boxing mode, gets caught with a right, gets cold cocked, goes to the ground, gets up, you know, benches clear. And you can see, I've seen a few interviews with Ramirez. I haven't seen one with Timmy Anderson. Anderson hasn't spoken publicly about this. So Ramirez seems to be a he seems to be like a good guy. A He's good reached kid. out to Anderson, trying yeah. to apologize, and Anderson right. has not returned his calls. Right. The only thing I saw, and and once again, you got to be careful not to read into everything. Everything. Don't believe everything you read unless I hear it, see it with my own eyes. But there, there's things out there. There's quotes that Tim Anderson says, you know, like it's not over, and we'll take care of business later. And I'm laughing. Because baseball, you know what I feel, Rich. It's an eye for an eye, okay? If if Ramirez has got a problem with Anderson, he gets in his face. Anderson challenges him to a fight. Ramirez kicks his ass. It's over. It's over. Squash it. Move on to fight another day. The fact that he challenged him to a fight, got his ass kicked, and now he's saying it's not over. We'll take care of business. No, no. It's over, buddy. It's over. And you move lost. on, move on, be a professional. That's the way you handle it in this situation. And by the way, it, it doesn't matter. I'm who is Brett Boone to say that I'm an ex player. I, I get it. I, I stay out of your game, but that's just the way you move on. You be a professional. You don't challenge somebody, get your butt kicked and then act like sour grapes. It's like, this is the way it is. It's over. You lost a little embarrassing. But it happens. We've all been embarrassed. You got to wear it. Right. You're you're in the heat of the moment. You're passionate. That's why you're you're a major league athlete, uh, because you have that passion. You have that fight. You have that, uh, you know, just that competitiveness. But but you got your butt kicked. It's over with. Move on to fight another day. You're still a great player. Ramirez is still a great player. Move on. I think, you know, this whole thing, it, it gets blown out of proportion and it's silly. Uh, but that's my take. All right, I want to go. I want to go down the rabbit hole a little bit because everybody's an insider, Brett Boone. Right? Everybody's an insider. Oh yeah, everybody. Let's go really to this insider, that insider, or this insider. I, but I almost feel like we got too many insiders that aren't really insiders. They're fake insiders, is what they are, because they have no clue insiders. what they're talking about. All right, no. They, so I want to go down the, this rabbit hole a little bit deeper with you, 
from a player's perspective, right? Not as an insider, but from a player's perspective. All right. Well, that way right. be respectful to the game, the way it's played now. But let's talk about what eye for an eye means. But before we get to that, I do want to talk about what are the unwritten rules. And I love unwritten rules because there's stuff that players only know that I don't need to be privy to. And the fact that so many of these insiders, quote unquote insiders, think that they know what's going on, but we really don't because we didn't play. I could tell you what it's like to do. I could tell you everything about Yankee Stadium, except what it's like to stand there on top of the mound and face the Red Sox. That's why I have my job. That's why you have your job. I respect yours, and hopefully you respect mine. So let's talk about the unwritten rules of tagging somebody at second base for a middle infielder. What are the do's and what are the don'ts? When do you cross that line, and where is that line? Well, I don't think there's anything that uh, there's a definite line. It's it's a feeling. It's it's between you and that runner that you're tagging. Uh, it's about intent. Um, and I and I learned a while ago. I was asked that question a couple of years ago. Uh, what are the unwritten rules? And I had to think about it. The unwritten rules are whatever the p- current players on the field decide. The unwritten rules are the unwritten rules of my day are different than today. Uh, and you monitor one another. You That's what it is. You monitor each other in the dugout on your own team or on the field between two different teams. Uh, it's whatever the current players decide the rules are. Not what Brett Boone thinks or, or people of my generation. Because we don't have to go out there and play. History will judge each and every one of our generations. Some good, some bad, some indifferent. But history will judge each and one of us. And, and it's not for me as a 15-year removed ex-player to tell the current players what they can and cannot do. They will do whatever they decide to do. If if they hit a home run and and a gentleman hits his first home run in the big leagues, he flips his bat onto the the screen, does a round-off back handspring, and walks around the bases, and the pitcher has no problem with it, who am I to say you can't do it? That's what these kids do now, nowadays. Hold on, let me let me let me hit, let me hit the pause button. What if the pitcher does have a problem with it? Well, then we're going to change those rules, and he might wear one in the in the neck next to bat. Which because which, is what he, which my unwritten rules are. That's what would happen. Are not my unwritten rules during my time in the big leagues. That were the Madison unwritten Bumgarner. rules. You don't do you don't do stuff like that. Madison was probably the last of that that generation. Right, and it. It, it it be it wore tiresome on this generation, and I think everybody noticed that. It's like because he was the only one doing it. When you're the only one enforcing the unwritten rules, you're now the right. Those aren't the unwritten rules. So uh, okay, on a tag, uh, that's between you and the runner. I mean, I mean, you know, I know the times that I'm going to put an extra hard tag on you, and, and the times that it was an accident. And it's it's pretty. It reveals itself. It's. It, it's, it's pretty like easy. Hit by a pitch. It's pretty easy to decipher, right? I know if somebody's trying to drill me, or I know a lot of times when he was just trying to come in and it got away from him a little bit. There's, I, I can tell those things just like a tag. And there's not too many times I would put an extra hard tag on somebody. Uh, tagging somebody hard is not going to get my point across. I'd rather my pitcher uh, put one in his ribs than me tag him hard. Does that make sense? Did you ever do it? Um, maybe on how somebody came in or they, they were a little rough coming in. So the tag might be a little harder next time, but really protect yourself. 
No, just to let them know I'm not happy with that, with with whatever that whatever the reason I was tagging him hard. You know, he came in, he came in spikes a little high, but not over the line. He didn't cross the line, but hey, I just want to let you know they're a little high. Uh, usually though, stuff like that, stuff that really needed to be taken care of gets taken care of in other ways. And it's usually with via through my picture. <laughs> Where is the line? I guess maybe it's not a line. Maybe it's just a feeling that you're trying to hurt me. You're trying to injure me. Uh, I don't appreciate what you're doing. And that's when things start to escalate. Right. Uh, uh, I'll give you an example. In the field, one thing you never do is fake attack. Okay. Fake attack. Ever. Why? That's way over any line. That's going to make me do something I normally wouldn't do. Uh, if there's no play, it's going to make me slide when I don't have to slide. Now, sometimes I would play coy and I wouldn't say anything. I, I wouldn't, I would pretend that the ball wasn't on the way to second base and I'd be looking off and then boom, I tag, put it down. If I don't, I always used to tell opponents, if I don't say anything, worry. Does that no, make sense? No. Explain it to me. If I, okay. If a guy's uh, running on a 2-2 pitch and he doesn't peek in and he's stealing second base and his hitter fouls a ball off into the crowd, I'll always say, hold up, hold up, hold up, and I will never lie to you. I'm not going to say hold up and then them throw me the ball and me gotcha. tag you out. That's weak. That's over the line. When I don't say anything, then worry. You see what I'm saying? Gotcha. So I will never fake a foul ball. I'm telling you a foul ball. To, I, I'm not going to make you go through the the exercise That's, of yeah. sliding in, sliding into second base and getting dirty. Hey, hold, hold up. That means it's a, right. I'm being honest with you. Now, when I don't say anything, keep going hard because gotcha. now I'm trying. I'm just I'm keeping my mouth shut, but I, I've got something up my sleeve. I might I might get to the base. You don't think there's a play at second base. If I don't say anything and I'm not acting like a ball's on the way, I'm not in position, then I'd worry. But when I say something, I will always be honest with you on the field. Always. Was, was that universal? Yes, pretty much. I never got deked or tricked that way. I saw somebody fake a tag one time. That's weak. I think we took care of that. I forget who it was or the situation, but you fake a tag. That's literally crap. You don't fake tags. You don't make somebody slide for no reason. What about um, spikes up? Uh, we'll take care of that. Carlos Delgado did that to me one time. Spikes up, and it looks like he, it's tough in the heat of the moment to really be able to decipher. Did he do that on purpose? Was there a kick? Uh, it doesn't matter if you do it, you do it. And it doesn't matter if you meant to do it or you didn't mean to do it. It's like if the pitcher, uh, didn't mean to hit you, but hit you in the head, there's a good chance that somebody on the other team's going down. And it's once again, it's an eye for an eye. Yeah, I, I get it. You didn't mean to hit him, but that's the third time he's been hit in this series. And I know you didn't mean to that time, but, but part of the drill is it doesn't matter somebody's getting drilled on your side. That's just the way life is at the, at the big league level. Now, once again, during my time, that doesn't mean now that means when I was playing, that's how we handled business. I remember here, here's a great example. And I'll end on this because I'm getting a little long winded. We're in Philadelphia. It was about 11 to one. I think, I think Francona was the manager. 
early 2000s. Mark Portugal is the pitcher the next day. And it's like an 11 to 1 ball game in the eighth inning. I'm completely, I, I, I think I, I walk, I get to first base. Uh, real, the pitcher's real slow to home. And for the first time in my career, I didn't, I wasn't paying attention. I didn't take the game into consideration, the point in the game, the score of the game. They, the first baseman was behind me. He wasn't even holding me on. And I just took off and stole second base. And it was like 11 to one in the eighth inning. Ooh. And when I got to second base, I looked around and I went, I kind of did this. I put my head. I said, I can't believe I just did that. I didn't mean anything by it. I, I completely just wasn't paying attention. It was like I was in fantasy land. I think Larry Boa was on that staff. I remember getting to third base and pleading with the dugout like, I am so sorry. That's the last thing I would ever do. I That's not the way I play this game. After the game, I went, I I, I uh, apologized to Francona. I told him how sorry I was. I, I said, I completely understand if, if things need to take place tomorrow. And Mark Portugal, a former teammate of mine in Cincinnati, I called him on the phone and he just said, Brett, I can't believe the situation you put me in tomorrow. He's got to drill me. And I said, Mark, I completely understand. You know, that's not my character. That's not how I play. He goes, I know. He goes, I know you did. You didn't mean to do it. You meant nothing by it. We all kind of know that, Brett. But we have to do what we have to do. I said, get it. I said, just don't. Just hit me in a good spot. And we kind of laughed about it. I woke up the next day. We got rained out. Oh, no. Portugal didn't have it never had to drill me and I talked to him at a later date and he said you know I didn't sleep very good the whole night because I knew I had to drill you in the first inning so it never really came to fruition and it was over with but but that's the type of thing that an eye for an eye is it's like sometimes yeah I know you didn't mean to hit him but you hit he's been hit twice now somebody's going down on your side that's just the way it is and uh I don't know it's interesting that's that's just that's just the the intricacies behind the scenes type stuff that really do go on. Well, it's one of those things you promote what you permit. If I permit you to keep drilling me and I permit you to steal right. bases on me, then right. people are going to think that you're a walkover. And the, and, the, and the argument of, oh, I didn't mean to, doesn't hold water at the big league level. It's like you are a major, you're the best in the world. You're not allowed to say that you didn't mean to. You're supposed to be better than that. 2008 when i was working for the rays spring training against the yankees that happened where you know the yankees would just come to tampa have a great va- tampa bay have a great vacation beat up the tampa bay rays and that was it and the rays stood up for themselves i think it was uh somebody had slid into the second baseman pretty hard spikes up and it was the yankees and the devil rays were used to just getting slapped around like that and johnny gums comes sprinting in from the outfield I think it was Shelly Duncan takes Shelly Duncan down. And we had a couple big brawls uh, that spring training. And it was setting the tone of you promote what you permit. I'm not going to permit that anymore. And it changed the way that they approached the game. And it changed the way the people approached playing that team. And they actually eventually went to the World Series that year. Yeah, I think the spikes up thing, it's different. I mean, it's a different generation. You know, you look back to to the to the 60s. Wow, what a what an era! The '60s and the '70s. I remember one of my favorite guys to to this day, uh, Hal McRae. He was kind of famous for 
taking guys out at second base. Um, you know, I remember Frank Robinson seeing clips of Frank. Ro I mean, it was like f a football play. Like we're here to physically tackle you, right. throw you into left field. Um, and that's the way the game was played back then. And everybody understood it. Uh, and in my generation, it was a little more relaxed. Yeah. We're still here to, to take you out. And our, our job as the runner is to disrupt you turning a double play, not to hurt you, but to, to disrupt you turning that big double play. That was the goal. And, and they were aggressive. Now's generation, you have to slide straight in. Right. So it's pretty decisive. You can't come spikes up. And if you do, uh, that's a no, no, because not only can you not come in spikes up, you can't even disrupt me turning a double play. So, so the ball girl down the left field line can turn a double play in the big leagues right now right. With, the, with the current rules. Anybody can do it. We got to slide in nice and neat to second base. So nobody gets hurt. And, and, and I kind of actually have enough. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm uh, in, in today's society, everybody seems to be, uh, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for, Rich? In our the, victim victim society. Oh, every yeah, yeah. everybody's oh, offended. Everybody's, everybody's offended, offended, right? I'm offended at the rules at second base that you can't take the 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 fielder out because one thing as a second baseman, the routine play as far as infielders go, and in a shortstop laughs at the routine play for a second baseman. It's on the right side of the infield. The throws about half the distance. But where we make our money and where we differentiate ourselves and, and go from a, a regular average big league second baseman to an elite defender is what we do around the bag. And we all we work on it hard and we pride ourselves on that. And I always did. That's how I separate myself. That's how I win gold gloves because I'm a lead around the bag. And I turn that big double play with the big boys bearing down on me, trying to knock my butt in the left field. And I turn in that tough double play in the ninth inning to win the game. That's what separates me from the average second baseman. And there's no separation anymore because of the rules. And I'm offended by that, actually. 